Great leaders are always learning. Tune in each week as we dig deep into the minds of America's top leaders and uncover their secrets for success and the pivotal moments that got them there. If you are looking for executive coaching that will drive you and your team to the winning goal line, this is the podcast for you. Hey guys, I'm Justin Simmons and here to welcome you to our brand new show, The Leader's Playbook. This show is all about leadership, all about giving you the tips and tricks that you need to excel both in business and in life. Excited to have you on, Brad. Brad's a great yeah. friend of mine, neighbor. Uh, watched you kind of ascend through your sales career, man, and, and it's been a really impressive and meteoric rise, from my opinion, watching you from Thank you. from your that's, the next door neighbor window. Very and, kind <laughs> and creepy. Yeah, it is a little bit, yeah. Um, I'm happy to see you're wearing cowboy boots. Thank you. Uh, so I live in Texas. Kinda, that sets it off, and we're matching here, so... Mm. Um, so tell us a little bit about just high level, kind of your sales career, how you got started. Um, let's go there. Well, first and foremost, you know, I'm a huge fan of Joe Rogan. Yeah. So I, I have to have, you know, some appreciation for you having me on. Yeah. Um, I feel like I'm halfway there. You're both bald. Yes. Which makes me, uh, <laughs> which makes me feel like I'm on my way. I'm, I'm Joe Rogan's booger. <laughs> we, yeah, so it's, it's called the, the great migration, man. I so, love it. Yes. So, um, so I, yeah, I think, uh, the way that I got started, uh, in my career is, you know, first going to college and then learning that I was not going to be a doctor. I had huge ambitions to be a doctor. Oh, really? I didn't know. That. And then uh, I took a little course called organic chemistry, mm-hmm. coupled with a few other science classes, and came home with a uh, with a 1.9 GPA. I could attest. Like, so being around <laughs> you, I'm surprised you you know even went down. Got that the pathway. 1.9. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. Impressive. My parents were uh, were impressed with the fact that I had a 1.9 GPA. Really? And thought that I just had to have a pulse to go to college, yeah. and apparently I almost failed out. So. But the dynamic personality, I suppose, is what led you towards the that's sales. What, that's what kept me on probation, not okay. suspension. So okay. I was, I was gotcha. so um, so I realized I wasn't going to be a doctor, and tried to figure out what was going to be the next best thing. Right, like what's a way that I can still, um, at that time, you know, single Brad, how can I impress the ladies? Yeah, yeah. Without being that smart, and the an- the obvious answer was, I'm going to wear scrubs every day. I'm going to find a way to wear scrubs every day and at least look the part. Do you wear the scrubs on the airplane? This could I be, don't. This could be problematic. I don't, I don't. Okay. I don't. There are a subset of people that wear scrubs on airplanes. It's a bad idea. I mean, if someone goes down in the plane, they're going to you. You don't want that pressure. No. You don't want that burden on no. you. So, yeah, but that makes totally sense. Agree. So, uh, you know, go scrubs. Yep. Uh, so go scrubs. Okay. Um, and uh, people all the time stop and they're like, thank you, doctor, for everything you do. I'm like... <laughs> Welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> or I say, I'm not a doctor. I just play one on TV. And they, they think that's, you know, it's, that's uh, it's kind cliche. of che- cheesy, it is. cheesy cliche, it's, but I say I'm disappointed it. in that. Um, so I started off in uh, business to business sales, which, you know, anybody that's wanting to get into the medical device space, usually there's kind of a blueprint, right? You kind of have to start off with uh, really kind of the grind mm-hmm. that you have to earn your stripes. Um, and that look for me, it was uh, I started off washing cars at Enterprise Rent a Car, uh, learning the management structure. I know there's a joke on, on Step Brothers, the movie about you know I'm going to go to Enterprise Rent a Car because they've got an excellent management structure. <laughs> well, they do. They're known for they that. They do. They've got a great management yeah. structure. Um, it's it's funny saying it out loud, but it's it's true. Yeah. Um, I went to uh, ADP after that. I sold payroll, really door to door, small business sales. Um, kind of learning the uh, the ins and outs of of selling and developing rapport and. Uh, kind of growing that fearless backbone of like, hey, I'm going to walk into this place and there's just like a 
70% chance they're just going to kick me out before I say anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from, from there, um, you know, achieved some success, went to uh, pharmaceutical sales, mm-hmm. which was a really just, you know, I, I don't think it's a, I, I think it's just different. I didn't get to wear scrubs. I'd uh-huh. wear a suit. Okay. I had a suit by Sean John. Oh, wow. Three piece. Brown. Oh, so you went with the, like, you had the, the best in the whole <laughs> There was thing. some swagger and everything. Did you have one suit or did you invest in more than one? Um, I had a black suit and a brown suit and a gray suit. That's good. That's yeah. a good mix. Yeah. And I was very monochromatic. I just kind of wore the same colors all day, every day. Um, and then I, I did really well there uh, for about three years and then transitioned over to, um, to surgical sales mm-hmm. and have been in there for the last 13 years. Very good. I've seen you just observing you. Uh, you've made some pretty big career moves, uh, mm-hmm. leaving one company to the next. Yep. Um, obviously, I know you as a family man, a guy next door that really values that part of your life, yep. uh, being home, being around your family first and foremost. In some of those decisions at a stage in your career where it's like, I know you joined some companies that were early stage, that were kind of innovative companies. Yep. Um, so walk me through kind of what goes through your mind, because I think a lot of people are conflicted with this. They want to make an advancement in their career path, but they have so much holding them from doing so. I mean, maybe just, yeah. you know, potential liability or, you know, comfort yeah. and otherwise. So you, I've seen you make some pretty big moves, which I would hope to think were, were uh, you know, well thought out and, and uh, I think so. <laughs> tactical, yeah. but it's, tell me about them. It's not completely reckless abandon all the time. Yeah. So I, I think one of the things that one of the experiences I had earlier on um, in the medical device space, which was, this is a, a large uh, company that, you know, I sat down and had my annual review with my manager and he said, look, I think that you definitely have, you know, management potential, you've got excellent selling skills. And I think, you know, within eight to 10 years, you could be, you could be a manager in this company. And for me, that was not gonna work. You know, eight to 10 years is a long time to wait. Yeah. Uh, that's, you know, you're talking about a decade of spending time where, you know, if that's if that's your end goal to get to that management position at the next level, eight to ten years is way too long. Mm-hmm. And that, from the minute he said that, I knew that was the end for me at that company because yeah. I just didn't have that 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 tenacity to just say, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna stay with the company. I'm gonna ascend into management based on tenure. Mm-hmm. I didn't like that, and I, I think that's kind of what we're talking about with like the risk taking. Yeah. Right. So the the idea is that there's two types of managers. There's the managers or the leaders that have been with that company for 20, 30 years and they've stayed there and that's how they've earned their stripes. And there's the other risky category where you say, hey, I'm going to go to a smaller company or I'm going to take a risk on a new position or a pilot position and prove my worth, prove that I can think outside of the box, that I can do things differently and be more effective than what they've got in place. Mm-hmm. And that's where I've found success in my career is moving to companies where, you know, maybe they have 10% of the market mm-hmm. and they don't have, you know, major market share and going in and making a huge impact on those sales. And that gets the attention of people, the current leaders going, okay, this guy's doing something different mm-hmm. and we need to take a closer look at this. How, how much time do you invest in um, evaluating those companies before you make that move? Did you did you do a lot of premeditated thought and discovery in those companies? Yeah, I mean, I you know, I think looking at it, um, there's there's two ways of going about that. You can go to the true startup, which mm-hmm. is is carries a lot more risk than what. And some people love that. Some people are serial startup people, and that's just the mm-hmm. environment that they thrive really well in. Um, but there's a percentage, and I think it's only like 30% of startups even make it. Mm-hmm. And so for somebody that has a family, that to me just, that's too much risk to assume that kind of liability for my family. 
What I always look for is the larger corporation that has um, almost like an umbrella. So they're a large corporation that has a startup division, pilot role, something like that. So you have the financial backing and security of the large corporation um, with a new role, new new business model, new you know sales force. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the way to to move up quickly in the leadership role with with those companies. So. Um... It, probably a pretty good investment in your management training. I've seen you mm-hmm. start to elevate into really a national management role. You're you know, overseeing a number of sales reps. Um, tell me a little bit about that. What do you feel makes a good manager? What are some of those lessons you've learned from working for some of these larger companies? And again, the investment made in you and your management style. Uh, yeah. Kind of highlight that a little bit for me. Yeah, I think you know one of the things that's really important and i was i was look at other great leaders right so i think um, one of the one of the people i really admire is like tom brady yeah right like people gravitate towards tom brady not just because he's a great quarterback they gravitate towards tom brady because he's built a culture of winning mm-hmm. and people around him you know you talk about running backs and and linemen and all those people they'll take pay cuts to work with tom brady yeah because they know that their odds of winning are much better and so I, you know, I think um, companies or teams or wh- whatever you want to, whatever you want to call it, um, will take ra- resources once they've identified a leader, mm-hmm. and they'll put resources into that person and say, "This is how we're going to build a winning team because this person knows how to build a winning culture." Mm-hmm. And that's so important to organizations and people at the very top of the food chain can identify those people and say, "Well, this is this is somebody that we're going to build." A Salesforce around someone that's uh, kind of a get it done at all costs um, with integrity, obviously. Sure, but someone that's going to be there, that's going to stand up, and is going to be dependable that I can follow. Um, which I have to bring it up. Do it. <laughs> the, Do it. Sto- the story that, to me, I think is like talking to to our team and saying, "Hey, we got to select some people for this show." And this one story to me really does exemplify dedication, commitment, oh, and another level. Tell me the diaper story, Brad. Tell me about the diaper. This story. is a fresh one. This is very. This well, is fresh. This is very fresh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so this, but so you're in a, you're in a leadership role in a company. I mean, this could have been passed on to someone else. You could have passed it on to someone yeah. below you. But yeah, tell me tell me what happened. This so is- so nearly um, nearly two weeks ago, um, <laughs> you know, it comes. We get to Thursday. I've got a really important case on Monday. This guy's just, it's, it's, a, it's a really solid opportunity. We have a chance to cement our business with a large institution down in Houston. Uh, my daughter comes home sick from school. I'm like, it's okay. Kids get sick. Not a big deal. And it's the kind of sick where it's coming out of both ends, right? She's throwing up. <laughs> she's got diarrhea. I'm like, okay, well, this, this sucks. But, you know, whatever. She's a kid. She's got, a, she's got an enterovirus or something like that. Um, so I'm not too panicked. Then my other son comes home from school on Friday. I'm like, okay, it's slightly contagious. He's sick as well. He's sick as well. Same thing. Okay. I'm like, okay. I was like, well, let's just kind of keep them away from us and we'll just kind of give them, you know, soup and, you know, the brat, the the brat diet and we'll just keep it going that way. And then um, we get to Saturday and it it hits my wife, right? Now I'm in the same room and I hear it happening (laughs) in the bathroom and I'm like, Oh, mother of God, <laughs> what's going to happen here? Yep. And um, so now keep in mind, I have a flight on Sunday. Case is Monday morning. I wake up Sunday morning and, and I'm, I'm kind of green. I'm like, oh, no, 
I'm like, it's here. And it finally came for me. And I did everything I did, I, everything I could do to, to keep it from happening to me. And Sunday morning I woke up and I'm like, okay, here we go. So it starts, you know, it starts doing its thing. It starts uh -huh. coming out of both ends. <laughs> yeah. um, and I'm in a complete panic because I'm like, okay, how am I going to get on a flight? I can't stay out of the bathroom for like more than five minutes. How do I get on a flight for, you know, an hour, but you've got, you know, an hour and a half before yeah. at the airport, you've got to land, you've got to, I was like, this is not, not going to happen. Um, so we called one of our good friends who's an anesthesiologist and I was like, look, here's the situation. What do you got? And she gave me a, a, a just a bag of drugs. I mean, Zofran, uh, Phenergan, uh, everything you could think of, everything to like, hey, medically, this is how we're going to stop this from happening. <laughs> And I was like, okay, I, I don't know if I'm, the airport's still a bad idea. So I call our travel agency, I cancel my flight, and I said, look, my only option is I gotta drive. It's just Houston, I mean, it's three and a half, four hours, but three and a half, four hours in that yeah. condition is, is, <laughs> is scary. So, um, so I started thinking outside the box, and I was like, okay, it's gonna happen, and I might be on 35 or 45, I'm not gonna be able to pull over. And so I went to CVS, I, I bought a, a bag, or what depends. <laughs> yeah. I, I bought a box of the diapers because I, I, I knew realized that that was a possibility yeah. that could happen and had a trash bucket up front on the passenger seat with me. Yeah. And uh, both items were utilized <laughs> on that trip uh, on that drive. Um, I pulled in uh, to park at the hotel in Houston. I was like, How? I got to clean up or something like that. And uh, there was no parking. So the only thing you could do at the hotel was valet your car. And it just, the, the poor guy, the poor valet just got to me and opened the door and I was like. I mean, but my gosh, what a story of dedication, innovation, innovative thinker right there. Got to think. Go with the diaper, get yourself to yeah. get yourself to Houston. You're able to get in there, get your supplies yep. into the case. And man, I, I just, it was amazing. Or, and, you know, after the fact, I was like, that was the most disgusting, yeah. but committed thing I've ever gone through with in my entire life. Yeah. Well, that kind of sets the bar for the guys beneath you as well. So I think this story needs to make its way down. I haven't down told the... too many people, so I'm very, very excited to be sharing it on your first podcast. Yeah, hey, hopefully we get a bunch of views that, on this. So that guy had an accident. <laughs> yeah, this is the guy that will, multiple times he'll do. He'll at all costs. He he will get the job done. So yeah, uh, super impressed by that. By the way, we're having a great time here with our guest Brad Leahy, and we'll be back after this quick message from our sponsor. MyLabsDirect.com anytime. Hey guys, welcome back. We're here with our special guest, Brad Leahy. Uh, just gave us an excellent story about dedication and leadership. Um, and so Brad, want to kind of keep on that theme of leadership. Uh, sure. First and foremost, um, that being the theme of our, our show, can you give us uh, kind of some examples maybe of, of how you define leadership? And yeah. let's start there. Yeah. So I, I think leadership comes in a lot of different forms. Right. I, th I think uh, a lot of people make the mistake of thinking that you have in order to be a leader, you have to have a VP behind your title or that you have to be CEO. And I don't think that's really the way I think that leadership can be defined by, you know, creating a culture, um, wanting to create other leaders. I think that's the first goal of a leader is to, to find somebody that you're going to pass the mantle to. So mentorship and coaching, um, you know, and I think thinking outside of the box and, and taking risks and making those decisions. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, the, the greatest leaders that you can possibly think of in our, in our culture, I mean, if you look at people like, you know, uh, Elon Musk uh, started PayPal, made his billions of dollars, and then essentially put all of that money, slept on friends' couches to start Tesla. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's taking a calculated risk, um, knowing what the reward could be. And, and I think leadership is kind of, kind of hinges on taking risks, making decisions, and then other people it has to do with really a comfort zone, mm -hmm. right? I think being a leader is uncomfortable or unnatural for a lot of people mm -hmm. because there's a lot of risk and you're associating other people with those risks. Um, so I think that's kind of what the definition of leadership is to me. Um, and I don't think you have to be, uh, you know, a VP to do that. It's yeah. make, take, you know, look at an opportunity, see a risk, make a calculation on it, and then follow through and execute on that. Well, I think one thing you said there, too, is just passing the mantle. And I think um, being willing to build people up around you. Yep. Number one, be willing to do what you ask others to do. Yep, absolutely. Um, as you've demonstrated, of course. I hope uh, that my reps would do yeah, that. Pick up the mop, right? <laughs> um, but just that, you know, being confident yep. enough in what you're doing and, and what you do daily and your disciplines to, to know that. Uh, you can build people up around you and, and hopefully find someone that you can pass the mantle to, I think is yeah. what we identify typically in someone that's really accelerating in their, their career path or just in leadership in general, well, whatever. Even, even as a parent, yeah, right? Like no the doubt. most important job as, as a leader that you'll ever have is being a parent. Yeah. Um, so setting that good example and knowing that, you know, the, those, that team that you're developing until they're 18 or until mm -hmm. they, until they fly to the nest is, is the most important job you're ever going to have. Yeah. Um, and when I say pass the mantle, you, you don't want your kids to be in jail or be degenerate someday. So you have to, and there's no days off. Yeah. You know, you can't ever just say, well, I don't feel like it today. So I don't have to be a leader today. That's not, that's one of the, the saying that, you know, heavy is the head that wears the crown. Mm -hmm. It's true. You don't really get days off. You, you can't know. take days off because you've got people around you depending on, on your example. That's a, that's a great point. And, I, and I've seen you do this firsthand as a friend and again, as a neighbor, uh, how you've instilled confidence in your kids. Kind of segueing into, I think, a little bit more about the leadership side, but maybe some some tips if you have them for our viewers. Uh, again, I think you know your career path being a sales leader, someone that's not only managed a number of people, uh, but you've had to kind of develop your own your own method of sales and your own method of leadership. Um, in the process, I guess, are, are there any tips that you would, would give to a viewer? I guess that's going through this process as a as a true salesperson. Yeah. I think um, it's funny, an old manager told me this a long time ago, and he said, there's two people in the world that you should ever worry about impressing. And who, like naturally, who would you think those people are? Two people that you need to impress. Uh, for me, it would be my wife, right? my family, and my okay. parents. Sure. Yep. And that would, be, that would be the response for everybody. Yep. And so he caught me off guard and always stuck with me. He said, you need to impress eight-year-old you, and you need to impress 80-year-old you. And I thought that was really poignant. He yeah. said, you know, you want the eight-year-old you to be happy with what you fulfilled in life. Like, mm -hmm. hey, you said you were going to do this, and you did way more than you ever thought you could. And 80-year-old you needs to be able to look back on your career and say, I'm proud of everything that I did because, mm -hmm. you know, I did it with integrity. I succeeded. I did all these things. And so the two people that he said you should worry about impressing are eight-year-old you and 80-year-old you. And it was a really poignant thought. So I think that's kind of my approach to to just career pathing and, and you know, my, my approach to life is like, are you doing everything in every day? Because we have a limited amount of time mm -hmm. on earth, right? So I think uh, making the most out of every day, attacking it with a uh, with a, a vigor and tenacity that is unmatched. And you, it's true, you can sleep when you're dead, yep. 
right? So so hustle every day and and you know worry about impressing that that eight year old you and that eighty year old you. Uh, that's awesome. Okay, so Brad, um, in every show in the Leaders Playbook, we kind of want to know what is the leader's formula. What's the routine? What are the things that that you do? Uh, yeah. on a day-to-day, kind of give us uh, like a daily routine. When do you wake up? What do you eat? Um, yeah. Kind of help us out there. Tell us what's going on. So uh, so it's interesting. So I, I, I don't buy into the mantra that breakfast is the most important meal of the day. I, I think uh, some people need it. Some people don't. I just am one of those people that doesn't need breakfast. Um, I grew up in a military household. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I have subscribed to the whole make your bed first thing in the morning. So the first thing I do every day, even before I brush my teeth, is I make my bed. Uh, that's the first thing I do, and then I start uh, dealing with the kids in the morning. Uh, sometimes that's a team effort. Sometimes it's not. My wife isn't exactly a morning person, mm-hmm. um, and I've got two kids that are not exactly morning people, so I feel like I'm going to war first thing in the morning, mm-hmm. uh, but they do all get to school. Uh, they're all prepped. They're all ready to go, um, and so I have. I, I feel like those achievements before before 8 o'clock in the morning, so yeah. I've already achieved a few things first thing in the morning, so no matter what you know happens in my day professionally, it could be horrible, and you know, at least I made my bed. I yeah. got my kids to school. They're not degenerates. Checks the box. What, what time do you get up? What time? So I usually get up at about 5.30 every morning. 5.30? Uh, 5.30 every morning. And then, um, you know, those, those knock those first thing, few things out. Um, at some point, I might stop and eat something for, for lunch, mm-hmm. if, you know, if time permits. Um, and then I make sure we eat a, a good dinner every night. Um, and then do you cook dinner? Is it you that cook? I cook dinner sometimes. Okay. Yeah. What's your specialty? What is your number one? My go-to? specialty. Uh, so I'm really good at just meats. Okay. Like I'm, I stick to like meat. Like a I'm going to make master? steak. Okay. I'm going to do, uh, do roasts. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I, I make really good takeout. So, oh yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> door dash now. Yeah. I can door dash. I house, can door so. dash some stuff. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Um, so any, any like, uh, habits, anything that's kind of unique or different? No, I think it's, uh, it's uh, you know, I, I think squeezing in a, a workout on a daily basis is really important mm-hmm. um, just to kind of keep your blood flowing and just to, again, it's one more thing that you're achieving throughout the day. Yeah. Like you could professionally could fall apart, but if you're knocking out a few micro achievements every day, I think that's really important. Um, and then trying to get, I usually sleep about six hours a night, mm-hmm. um, sometimes seven. And then, you know, on Friday and Saturday nights, usually eight hours eight hours a night. When, when are you working in like the, the email and things like that? Is that just throughout the day or do you do that in the morning? I know a lot of guys like to get up, get that knocked out. Yeah. So I, I try, I'm one of those people that I, I don't let emails build up. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm pretty responsive. I think that's important for, you know, your customers and showing engagement. Like as soon as I get an email from a customer, I'm, I'm usually, you know, if time permits, one minute, two minute response time. Um, so I think that's pretty, pretty important. Are you big social media guy? Do you spend any of your time doing that? And, or do you watch TV at night? What are some of those things? Um, so guilty pleasures? I, I think, I think it's important to have some wind down time in the day. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, my wife and I'll sit and watch, uh, like a show on Netflix or something like that mm-hmm. for 30, 40 minutes before bedtime. Um, I got off a majority of social media. I do use LinkedIn, mm-hmm. uh, for professional purposes, but Facebook just kind of, yeah. Uh, went went down some weird rabbit holes and uh, the censorship thing and all that stuff. So I, I jumped off of that. It was driving me nuts. What's your number one show? My number one show? Um, man, we just started watching the uh, a show on Hulu. Um, what is it about? Uh, with Michael Keaton about the, the, the drug epidemic, the Oxycontin epidemic. Oh, okay. Um, it, was, it was really horrible to watch i mean when you see how disgusting some of these pharma companies are is what oh, i mean yeah yeah the, the disadvantage you have is that i know you personally and you yeah. and you didn't tell tell us about the the 
your favorite drink? And I know this is like your bunny milk drink, your quick Nestle quick drink. I do, and I've gotten your kids uh, yeah. kind of hooked on that yeah. too. So my, speaking of corrupt pharma companies, yeah. So as I understand it, mm -hmm. your go-to drink with every meal or dinner is... Strawberry milk. Strawberry milk. By yeah, Nestle, Nestle Quick. <laughs> there we go. And your kids have come rummaging <laughs> through our closets before, and now yeah. Renner calls it the bunny milk. Yeah, my little so, boy. Yeah. My little boy goes over it, there and, and gets bunny milk and, from, from and, Mr. Brad. And we share. I share. <laughs> Dole it out to your kids. <laughs> well, that's awesome, man. Thank you for yeah, sharing that. absolutely. Brad, thank you so much for coming on today, man. Yeah, I, I, I've actually learned a lot about you, and I'm, I'm, in, I'm more intimidated by you oh, now gosh. as my neighbor and friend. But <laughs> truly, thank you so much. I mean, you shared some really good, again, as you say, poignant uh, yeah. topics here. Uh, I love the diaper story in its display of, de of dedication and, and really leadership, truly. It's yeah. a funny story, but it does say a lot about <laughs> your character and integrity and, and pretty amazing. Um, really love this topic of, you know, looking at yourself from eight to 80. I mean, I, I've never thought of it that way is who are you here to impress? I think that's a, that was amazing. So thank, oh, thank you so you. much for sharing yeah. that with our, with our viewers. And uh, thank you everybody for joining us uh, on the leader's playbook. Uh, we ask that you, you like us, follow us at the leader's playbook. Um, and, you know, this is one of many shows. So we're excited to share, uh, you know, tips and stories from, from, you know, excellent leaders from all, all facets of industry. Uh, and we just ask that you like us and, and join us on the next uh, edition of Leaders Playbook. Thank you, guys.